0: Someone finds Can someone get jobs?
1: Your number one source for news, theories, discussion, and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is JK Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John, and Sue. And Frank.
2: Welcome, welcome to Pottercast. And no, it's not the Hufflepuffcast, but it should be.
0: <laughs> <it's> really- <laughs> oh, why isn't it? Let's just turn it into <laughs> it.
2: It should be, but this is actually Pottercast 164.
0: Pottercast 164. Uh, very nice. I
2: am here with, this is Sue, and I am here with our friend John Noe. And Hi. And Frankie Franco Frack. What up? Let's say that three times
0: Chunky Bill. Frankie Doodle.
2: And our friend Miss Melissa is off being...
0: She was maimed by Muchka this week. She's an intense she affair, was but not. You can send your flowers at the address after the show. I wasn't
2: going to tell people that, that our friend Melissa was hurt, wounded. No, she's not. We're just joking. We're joking.
0: She's no, not. she's fine. <laughs> and Muchka's all right, too. She's intending to sisterly s- duties. Yes. Has anybody went to Twitter.com slash to find out the latest Muchka activity?
2: <laughs> I dis- I, I'm a follower. I, I
3: follow her, but I haven't gotten any follow. updates. So
0: she must be... You should definitely follow Muchka and follow Pottercast at, on, on Twitter. Right. And follow Leaky on Twitter. I, and I follow all And all those guys. good things.
2: I follow you too. Aww. Everybody. But before we do Aww. that, we should hear from our friends, Audible, because you should follow them too, because they're really pretty cool.
3: This week's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com is Internet's leading provider in audio entertainment. Choose from thousands of audiobooks. To get your free audiobook, visit audiblepodcast.com slash podcast. Once again, that's audiblepodcast.com slash podcast
0: to be your free audiobook. Thank you, Frankie. You're welcome. We have a interesting show for you this week. And no, we're not being lazy, but we are playing another live show for you again. This one, I haven't even had a chance to hear yet. Do you know why? Because you weren't at Comic-Con, and I was. I was n- not at Comic-Con. Boo. So this but is an awesome panel for that for those Sue of you and who Melissa were, were on. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, a very awesome panel that Sue and Melissa were on. As well as, who else was with you there soon? Um, um,
2: Heidi Tandy, who is the, um, our, one of our former editors and runs Fiction Alley. And um, Aaron Pine of the or- Harry Potter Orlando Club. And it was awesome. Thank you all for coming out. Fair it was too. great.
3: Listen for me. I'm yelling in the background going,
2: woo! woo! We can. We can hear you wooing.
0: So, we that's my like obnoxious <laughs>
2: woo's.
0: And we also have uh, an interview Melissa did with, uh, I believe his name is Eric Bowling. Yes,
2: yes. Thank you to Eric. He's the one that organized the thing
0: for us, I believe. Yes, yes. So we'll have that in the show as well. Um, but before we do all that, I think we have quite a few uh, bit of news in Sue's top news this week. Yes, we news, do. Sue's news.
2: Starting with, we're going to start out. We have five pieces of news, and we're going to start out with a sort of number five. And we first going to say congratulations to Miss Emma Watson. Woohoo. Yay! Yay Emma, She's you did as it. She's smart as Hermione. She got all A's on her A levels, which is amazing. Seriously? Yeah, she did.
4: She got I all A's
3: mean. on her. Wow.
2: seriously. <laughs> that's pretty impressive She's pretty smart yeah she put an update on her website um emma watson official and uh and she said that she got all as and she was off on holiday and then she also said that she took a course at the prestigious um uh royal academy of dramatic arts in in london england which is like amazing you know
0: wow wow which is has anybody seen ballet shoes yet
2: uh, you know, I believe it's open, but in, or I haven't seen it. It did open
0: yeah. a few days ago because we were we had these buy one get ones at the movie theaters oh, yeah. in town here for seeing Dark Knight. Yeah, and I looked recently, and it was opening day for ballet shoes, and they had one screening at three o'clock, and we almost went. Oh, we didn't, oh I didn't uh, know that. I was totally on. Down.
3: Ballet shoes are mine. Is it? Does anybody know? This can be a stupid question. I'm pretty sure it is. Mm-hmm. If that if that is off the book that's featured in You've Got Mail, the ballet shoes, because oh. a, Meg Ryan's character refers to those books. She like she tells uh. someone to buy that book, and she said the ballet shoes are my favorite, but it's out of print. I wonder if oh. it's the same one. So that's a little.
0: It's a very good movie. trivia. yeah. So I don't knows, know. know.
2: That's a good question. I think that the Ballet Shoes DVD comes out pretty soon, like with like next week or something in early. What? Yeah, it comes out really soon because it had already been. We should point this out. Ballet Shoes is a, um, a film that Emma Watson did that what played in the UK already last year, and it was finally oh. just getting a very short limited theatrical release here in the United States before being released on DVD. So I realize that. Yeah, yeah. So and that's available in our Cauldron Shop, but, but um. Oh, work, yeah, work but it, so I, cool. it was only playing in very limited theater, so that that would have been cool, John. I would
0: go see that. I should have went. You know, I was going to dress up as as Hermione, <laughs> and it would have been a whole day, but wearing ballet not shoes mm-hmm. to not work out. Wearing ballet shoes that would have been perfect.
2: You know what? Can that be our that fan art challenge? Dollish, oh, dollish, and ballet the, shoes. That's what I want to see. Maybe that
0: dollish shoes.
2: <laughs> Maybe it would have helped him what if, if it... he had taken ballet lessons to help bone oh, grandma. He
0: would have been a little more nimble yeah. to get out of the way. <laughs> Something. I don't know. What kind of shoes does Dallish wear? That's what I want to say. Draw Dallish's shoes. That's a good question. No one wants to see that. They're like they're like high tops with like the little air pumps that you can squeeze the tongue of the shoes. He's, He's got Air Jordans.
2: He's got Air Jordans. Yes, yeah, so those
0: are sweet. They're Air <laughs> Air orres? Air uh, That's a hard thing He wears thing steel to toe say. boots. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, pr- that's probably no, pretty he is cool. not a
2: cowboy kind of type, dude. What are you thinking he'd wear cowboy boots? Not cowboy boots, like mm-hmm. the big not leather cowboys. biker
0: steel toe boots. <laughs> mm. What about the ones that, like, you can click the heel and, like, a knife comes out the front of them? To, like stand. Yeah, but a little <laughs> wand the, the, the Joker. Yeah, little baby foot wands. Could you imagine if your feet could do spells? Be cool <laughs> if, yeah, if there
3: were wands, like switchblades. that only could do, like, one yeah, spell. Just, so they're tiny, and you just... Like Bombarda, like, everything. Yeah. You
0: just get everything out of them. Bombarda or you're- stun or... You're know. trying
2: to tell me that Dolish is the James Bond of the R world now? Is this what you're saying with his little?
0: Either either the James <laughs> Bond or like the guy from Get yeah, Smart. Yeah, he's the
2: Maxwell Smart. Yeah, he's yeah, the bumbling TV yeah. show version of it, and who messes up everything. <laughs> 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 That's Dolish, all right. There you go. Good Ooh. call. Oh.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I like this game anymore. Oh,
2: Okay, well, maybe we should move on. What Ooh, else? Oh,
0: John.
2: Yes, I think you do. Uh, we heard from the Wizarding World of Harry Potter's back in the news again.
3: I love it's those about guys. Patent, right. Yeah. About a certain patent It number? is
2: about a patent that, ooh, it says, here's what our report said. It was in the Orlando, I think Sentinel. And it said um, that if you read that they, they investigated certain the, the patents that they had been filed. And it says one number, it said, describes an interactive Harry Potter dark ride in which tourists use RFID-enabled electronic magic wands to cast ah! spells that affect which is the outcome so of the cool. attraction. Okay, John. That sounds eerily familiar. Oh,
0: my gosh. I've been talking about this kind of idea for a while. But I, I obviously, I'm not the only brilliant person on this planet. I'm <laughs> sure they thought about it before I heard my me talk about it. shattered. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I want to expand this idea further. Uh-oh. I think, the whole I think they should sell the ones that you can use on these rides so people can bring them with them mm-hmm. to to the park. And I think it, the ones should also affect things in and around the area of the yes. park. Yes. Like, you could levitate a random box by doing a, spe- a spell Yes. End. Like, just random things around the park. Or just light things up. Make things, like, smoke or whatever. But just have have the ones do actual magic outside yes. that ride. Yes. No. Yes. That would be amazing. <laughs> Frankie. No. Yeah
3: that would be amazing it'd be so much fun and like one of those things that
0: you wouldn't they wouldn't tell you you just have to find out and the people would tell you go
3: over to that box and swish it exactly. on
0: and Hagrid pops his face yeah, out yeah it'd be like a bunch of be like a bunch of hidden little Easter eggs because there's so many people that love to go to, like, parks like this. Like, how many people look for all the hidden Mickeys? At yeah, Disney? or you
3: can go to, like, a vending place that sells candy, and you can Accio candy, and they just have to give you free candy.
0: That could totally work, but they wouldn't they wouldn't pub- publicize this no. anywhere. It would take people, like, a year to find all of the things, and they could constantly keep adding them and changing them. And
2: Wait, I didn't know that there was hidden Mickey mouses. Really? Yeah, there's, I, most yeah, of the rides at, at have a Disney. hidden
0: Mickey on them. Some people say all of them. I don't know yeah. if that's true, but... Really? Yeah, there's all kinds of little hidden things in Disney history. Uh, Disney history is fun. Oh,
2: see, I don't know. I haven't been able to go and so that would be Wow, that'd be cool.
0: Yeah. Wow. It's a lot of so fun. So they could have like I hidden parks.
2: like hidden Potter stuff. That would be way cool. Hidden hidden
0: hidden lightning bolts. Yes. They probably <laughs> would catch black for that. It would uh. be
2: awesome. So that'd be like that'd be cool. Like if you're playing a game, you know, you can get like energy, like life power, so totally. uh, power up things. Like, that'd be awesome.
3: that would be cool if you can duel too, and like your your health would be on your wand. So you, if you get hit a couple times, then you have to sit out for like two hours. You can like just yeah. duel people around the place.
0: <laughs> they, they kick you out the. Park. Oh my gosh! I want this to happen. Put
2: you in Azkaban oh. is what they would do.
0: Yeah. Uh. <laughs> What if they yeah. had, like, a little wall that, like, led to a little shortcut that would only be opened by, like, a certain spell pointed at it with that particular wand? How you would they do that, do that with a that? cart, though?
2: That would be hard to program. Like, I don't know how they could...
0: Because people would just let people... Well,
2: I, well maybe they could have, like, I mean, one train. Like, if you had, like, a... Like, if you ever go on, like, dual coasters... Cause, like, I, a, I don't know, dual coasters, like, at Cedar Point and stuff. So what if you have, were, like, on a roller coaster, and they had one of those things, and you could make your... Tra- like, if you found the right thing, that would c- click a switch, and maybe the one track where the train could go off on that. That would be cool. well, that would be dangerous, but yeah. awesome if they <laughs> could ba- do it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you do this spell in time stuff? or you're in trouble. Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. I think it's just really cool to see how that would work because, like, the ones, like, maybe, you know, think of it like a complicated remote control mm-hmm. that instead of buttons, like, if you did, like, a circle movement, it'd be, like, pressing number one or whatever. Yeah. And then, like, you'd have things to open if button number one now, is see, first. it'd be a
3: combination of, like... Um Like three buttons and then three movements. So you could hit two buttons and move up, and that'd be a spell. One button move up, a different spell. Three buttons moving down, you know what I mean? Because I don't know how sophisticated the mechanism could be, but...
0: I could totally just see like you aiming at it at something like a fire hydrant, like water squirts into the air. If they do yeah. like a certain spell, it'd be spell like out, peeves. Out,
2: like think. peeves would come out and like drop a water balloon on you or something. That'd be cool.
0: Actually,
3: that's a good. That's a good point because what they can do is they could have these things happen independently every like twenty to thirty minutes and just call it peeves. But if you have the wand, you can I unlock have, it yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it'd be the spell. Yeah. yeah. So that actually makes sense, budgetary wise, or whatever. Can you imagine that when
0: people is? would want to buy the wand? You could charge whatever you wanted for those dang things. Oh, I'd okay. buy one. That,
2: I would too. My son asked me. He goes, "That is one of the first things he asked me when he heard about the park. He says, like, can I get a wand when I go to Hogwarts, and can yeah. I keep it?'" The oh. yeah, only well, and certainly. the cool
0: thing is, is that it would make it have it be registered to you. Yeah. And so, like this little dark ride game that they have, surely there's probably. Oh, you can even program the wand ah yeah, that'd be awesome oh, wow. oh my like, head hurts i want like, it to happen
3: i want it to happen now you'll
0: probably get a you probably get a score on this game and if you use the same wand that wand will be able to keep track of all the scores you've ever gotten on those rides and maybe maybe there'd even be like a little profile page online for your wand it can be like oh this is you've gotten this many scores you've been to the park this many times and
3: See what they can do is they can just sell this product nationwide, and they can just be a dueling fun little thing. But when you go to the park, it even unlocked even more secrets. Um, yeah. Yes. No.
0: Yes yes
3: yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> well moving on uh, i know we're we have awesome ideas, but so these guys i'm sure i probably thought of all of it and surely if you know they probably don't even listen to the show but even if anything were to pop up somewhere to this <laughs> they wouldn't have heard it from us first no
2: but that would be nice that's my disclaimer be nice that be they do that stuff would be awesome yeah yeah um okay Mm -hmm. and number three we're up to three number three on the news um mr radcliffe is soon to be coming to a theater or a actually a broadway theater near you as equus is getting ready to open in a couple days i
0: thought i was going to going on tour no no sorry (laughs) but
2: i mean the (laughs) paparazzi coverage if you if you happen to look on i mean the tabloid people are just like everywhere you go he's everywhere uh I feel kind of bad for him right now. I
0: feel nervous for him to be in America doing this show because it's like they have more respect for these sorts of things than in England. But like when you have our, you know, shoot up the skirt paparazzi over here, someone's bound to come up with some kind of glasses cam to bring in into the theater. Oh, Totally.
2: Take yeah. some pictures. Yeah. yeah. Um Dan was just on uh Conan and I'm 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 thinking there are probably more, but we have that video for download in our galleries. And we also saw more Dan in the form of an action figure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Woo. For Equus or for Harry? John. John.
2: For, for no, not for Equus. They don't have Equus action features, oh. but I mean, oh man, that would be just too funny. But um
0: <laughs> Can you imagine an Equus action figure? It'd no. be anatomically correct. John <laughs>
2: <laughs> We're not even going there. No, no. <laughs>
0: All Moving right. on,
2: no. we're going to the.
0: Frankie filling in for <laughs> Melissa. <this laughs> thing. Thank
2: you, Frank. We also saw because he's not, you know, happily Prince. Normally, they had been. Uh, this will be the time we start seeing the new product lines. We saw the scans for the new calendars and stuff. We also saw some new action figures, and uh, <laughs> the, these, the these are the ones stuff. from like the UK. And I must say, <laughs> I haven't quite determined what's on Bellatrix's head. There's one on <laughs> Bellatrix, and there's looks like. <laughs> I don't
0: really. Know. Oh, I have to go look at these now again. Just okay. Forward. Yeah. It's... But
2: there's one of of young Tom Riddle. Everyone.
0: Uh-huh. The... Some of these, it looks like they ran out of eye paint.
2: They would you say they had no irises or something? Or I don't.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think Riddle has ir- irises. He looks like he's. And I don't know. And Ron looks like he's high on. Ron something. looks
3: like he's completely stoned.
0: Oh, gosh.
2: Maybe he had too much. Maybe that's him after the potion. I don't know. After the the, the Felix
3: potion.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like they've all been imperious and they have these milky white eyes. Like look at Jenny, she looks.
2: Yeah, like- she does the milky white eyes, like from Crumb and in, in the movie, they borrow the same stuff. Oh, I do milky
3: white. I forgot. So <laughs> because- Ridiculous. What is on Bellucci's head?
2: I mean, that's supposed to be her hair, like you know, she wears it up, but it looks like it's like she's got like a skunk or something up there. I don't. It looks even like know.
3: entrails. It looks disgusting.
2: It is. It's not very. You know, curls are hard to do for hair, but you know, in, like in a plastic sense, I guess, like for a figure here, but yeah. that just looks. Horrible. I mean,
0: they're incredibly detailed. Some of these, like the like the little clothes they've got on, and like Luna is incredibly detailed. Oh, she looks well, I don't the like one, the Snape there's the, and the, um,
3: what's Tom Riddle? Some Yeah, young Tom Riddle. It looks like he's wearing a cup. It, this is just awkward. It looks like he's wearing tidy whiteies <laughs> and a cup. <laughs>
0: no. Frankie. He, he's the one that does not look like he's already pieced together very well. No.
3: Sorry. No. It's just, I was like, oh. ugh.
0: <laughs> I
2: mean, well, I mean, Dumbledore's hand is burned, and it looks just gross. Oh. You know, I mean, I didn't even know, notice I, that. Oh, how did I not? Ew. I thought I did not
0: notice
3: that. I thought he was wearing a Michael Jackson oh. glove. Yeah,
2: <laughs> but uh, so we have these in our in our image gallery. Michael Jackson's birthday. Whose? Michael Jackson? Wow,
3: wow! I didn't realize I could care less about a certain subject. <laughs> Oh, burn. <laughs> Thank you,
2: Frankie. Thanks. So maybe that's our cue to move on. Okay. <laughs> Number two. We're talking games again, everyone. More games. The Phelps twins um, have given a new interview, and they were talking. They were premiering the game in, at a games convention in, in Germany, and they demoed the Wii game. Frankie, they did the same stuff that you guys did. With the oh, did they really? The, yeah. Did, was, I did oh, potions,
3: did. and I got an A. You're
2: awesome. awesome. Or, or whatever it is. really... But that Wii game looks awesome, and, and we have that video in our, in our video galleries, too. But the important thing, though, is from, we also heard from EA, the, the executive producer, and this is really neat. He was talking about the potential for the Harry Potter video games to go past the series,
3: I don't understand that.
2: Well, okay, here's... I'm going to read this because this is important. It says, They hope to make the boy who lived continue to entertain game fans even after the two-part Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows has bowed out of theaters. And this is his quote. I think it's a great opportunity, said the executive producer, John Bunny. told MTV. "Um, Certainly we've done it with Lord of the Rings. We've extended beyond the movies there. We did it with James Bond for a while. I don't know what we'll do with Harry Potter. It'd be fun to, I think. There's more stories that we can tell.
3: So... This is just taking more specific storylines from the books and making a game about it or doing extra canon stuff. Well, cause the extra canon stuff makes me nervous and I don't want, I don't want that to happen just for the sake of a video game. But if they're taking okay. existing canon stuff and just making a game out of it, that's awesome.
2: You know, because they, they said the Lord – the guy goes on and says the Lord of the Rings happily carried on into the interactive world past its original trilogy with new stories and interpretations. So if that means they're going to go back, like maybe they can go back and, and give the Marauders. You know, I mean we got the – See, that
3: would be you know. fun. Marauder stuff, yeah. that would be really, really cool because it's existing you know? in the canon. But I don't want to yeah. hear about after Harry defeated Voldemort. I don't want him going around and like picking up dead bodies in the castle and killing off, you know, Death Eaters. Like, I don't want to yeah, see that. No. But, like, the Marauder stuff, that's a really, 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 really good idea. And,
2: and we don't know what we're going to get with Beetle the Bard. I mean, we don't know. I mean, obviously, we're getting a <gasps> lot Beetle of new Bard canon, game. So we don't know what kind of stuff they could take from that and work it in here. Uh, well, because our friend Melissa isn't here, but this was kind of neat oh. news relating to our friend Melissa this week. Um, the, the Telegraph newspaper um, did an article about the foreword that Joe has written for her book, Harry, A History and so it, it had a little there's an excerpt now online at Amazon.com and the telegraph kind of previewed that excerpt that Joe has, has done, written so kindly for Melissa and it's awesome and like the, the part that's, they, they, that's online says I've, the, this is Joe this is what Joe wrote she said I had already heard of the Leaky Cauldron it was one of the biggest and most popular Harry Potter sites on the net and I had been told about a couple of great things they had done but I had never seen it for myself never realized exactly what went on there I sat and read editorials, predictions, theories that range from strange to wild to perfectly <laughs> accurate. I was probably not perfectly. I accurate. was That's awesome. frankly stunned, and I remain stunned.
3: Did she say Frankie? I'm
5: just Frankly,
2: Sorry. I know. Just <laughs> Sorry, getting Get see. No, but oh, I mean, wow. And then and then Joe goes on to say, At long last, I understood what was going on while I was holed up writing, trying to filter my exposure to Potter hysteria. A great chunk of my own life has been explained to me. Melissa has filled in an enormous number of blanks. Reading the book you now have in your hands has been an astonishing experience for me. It is as though I have, at last, achieved the ambition I had held for years to go along to a bookshop at midnight on a Harry Potter publication night In disguise and simply watch and listen.
3: That was so cool. I never even considered it from that point of view because she was spending so much time and energy, like writing the series. It makes total sense that she would be uh, detached from a lot of the like the I don't know, just the hoopla, like Mm -hmm. and rightfully so in in a lot of ways, just so she can focus on the actual craft, not the whole like getting caught up in like the movement. That I never even. It never even occurred to me that she was unaware of it. Just, I assume like, oh, it's Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. She has to know about it because she wrote it. And so that was a really interesting insight that mm-hmm. I never even anticipated.
0: Totally. It makes me happy that she felt that because it's like, I, I would feel sad for her to be working so hard on creating all of these things and then to never really be around to watch, you know, that p- people really enjoy it on like, on a, on a personal level. It'd be like sitting in the kitchen for a year making this massive cake and then, Dropping it off and then, you know, have it, this big party happen, have like yeah. a thousand people loving it and eating the cake and you're nowhere near it. You don't get to see yeah. any of it happen. It's, it's, it's true. That would be – or like that little old lady in Wedding Singer who wanted to watch uh, Adam Sandler's character enjoy the meatballs in front of yeah. her instead of somewhere else. Yeah, but – Tell me somebody has seen that movie. No, somebody sorry, out I there don't. is laughing at that. I, was, I haven't seen it in years <laughs> and it's typically not my favorite movie. Did so. she – she she puts the meatballs right in his hands and she's like oh i want to eat them now i want to watch you enjoy it it's my favorite part so he just shoves yeah, me i get the concept in his face. She, she gets all I'm sorry <laughs> i
2: know that one sorry
0: somebody out there's laughing and um <laughs> well okay so
2: since i don't know i'm sure they are um but the book uh harry history is going to be released on november 4th we now have um it's in our cauldron yes. shop and it's available in like in Germany and I think there's a France you can order it to now and stuff. So we have all the and you can Ooh. we have those so you could those links are but um I I mean what an incredible just honor and just amazing thing that Joe wrote that forward. I mean just plus uh, Melissa got to interview Joe for the book and along with many, you know, really cool people involved in the series and it's awesome.
0: There's fun little tidbits online on her website, oh, Harriet yes. History. There's like this whole ex- extra story <gasps> yes. about Hedwig. Yeah, that's, that's so crazy. That's hilarious. You need to go to harryhistory.com and read it. Because we were joking about like what would happen if <laughs> that actually happened. And all the books were totally different with Hed- Hedwig as the star of everything. <laughs> and lo and, and behold.
2: Hedwig, Hedwig did, did you ask really your name The Goldwater
0: Fire. That's Johnson
2: <laughs> <left that up>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I like that site because there's some nice drawings on there from some guy named Frack. Ah, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty nifty.
0: Pretty nifty very nice. Know, so,
2: that's awesome. so that was a lot of news, but that was way you know, cool. So,
6: yeah.
4: Yeah.
0: I, I, heard, I heard that there's going to be a feline <laughs> translation of the book. Here, yes. Is there I'm really? going to record uh, the audio version. It's actually it's going to be written in blood. <laughs> it's very vicious. In blood and with Howard. her claws. Yeah, there's only going to be like six copies of it, and Moose is going to give it to all of her <laughs> and, and do you have... Very, very decorative I'm totally covers.
2: ignoring John Frankie you said You're going to do The audio version
0: <laughs> I'm going to be doing The audio right. version Of the cat version Oh I so. see I see like,
2: uh-huh. meow, meow, meow. Oh god <laughs> <laughs> Melissa
0: come back Come back Save, us. Save uh, us Well let's bring Melissa back At least for the audience Here and play The interview she did With the moderator For the Comic Con panel That will play Following then After a couple more words Accio, from you,
3: Accio Melissa
1: It's still summer. It's still time to take a road trip and listen to audiobooks in the car. And the best way to do that is to go to audible.com, the leading provider in spoken word entertainment. You can choose from over 35,000 titles to be downloaded and played back anywhere on those long trips or on your iPod in your home. Just like Podcast, Go to audiblepodcast.com slash Pottercast and get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Again, audiblepodcast.com slash Pottercast yeah. for your free audiobook.
2: Rockin'.
1: Alright, so, hi everybody. I'm Melissa, I'm here at Comic-Con with Eric Bowling, or Eric the Owling, as he's sometimes The Owling. The Owling. The Owling. In, this, in the Harry Potter community. We are in the professional room at Comic-Con International, where in about an hour, or maybe 45 minutes, we will have the first ever Harry Potter fan panel at Comic-Con, and Eric is responsible for it.
7: Um, I, 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 will, I will accept the blame but not the credit.
1: (laughs) Well, we'll talk about Blimmer credit afterwards. Yes, definitely. (laughs) So tell me how this came about and why you felt it was important to put Harry Potter
7: at Comic-Con. We haven't really had any uh, Harry Potter panels at Comic-Con. We've had had an attempt or, or once or twice for one um, but they never really um, worked out, and so I live in San Diego. And um, since I love Harry Potter, I work with the Comic Con board. Um, I'm a member. I'm an associate member of Comic Con. I decided to get together with Eddie Ibrahim and the rest of the programming staff. To um, I, I I worked for about a year talking to them over and over again, um, and to get them to uh, have. Bring us a panel. Bring us another panel. Um, and uh, we were very lucky that Eddie and his crew um, were able to do that. And uh, my persistence paid off. And so uh, here we are, Melissa. Here and it's 45-minute chat. We just walked by the room and it was like about half
1: full. It was already. half full, and
7: there was people flooding in. And
1: they had just gotten in. They just opened the door. And I
7: talked to people on the microphone and everyone on the outside who they were looking at like who is that weird gentleman and on the microphone he's wearing something, and everyone else inside it was like, well duh, but it, so it was really it, it was really fun and I and I was just sort of explaining you know, who I was and what we were doing and you know and how glad we were and I I got a big cheer just from the group that was already there saying, Harry Potter has come to Comic Con.
1: It's, and it's really that should be our theme.
7: Harry Potter is come here. to Comic Con. I mean,
1: Harry Potter has been here from the Warner Brothers side in the past, True. a little bit, but um, really the fan the fan stuff hasn't been represented. And now, what does what does that mean when a huge fan of like Harry Potter at the sci fi fantasy event of the year for fans specifically? I mean, how important is it to get Harry Potter involved here?
7: It's very big, especially since we have so much media coverage and such. And as you were saying, uh, Comic Con is so big. Um, it's that, um, we get more, um, not influence, but we get more attention. We can bring more attention to our, our cause, as I sometimes call (laughs) it, the cause of legitimizing or making more popular Harry Potter fandom, like HPEF and LeakyCon does, Mm -hmm. um... Uh, of that sort of thing, um, so that since since Warner Brothers doesn't do very many Harry Potter panels per se, we can sort of fill up that gap and do it in an event such as this, where we can get a lot of people to come, we can get attention for it, um, and we can broaden the scope of what fans can do, because we've seen we've seen what in one of the topics of the of the panels we've seen what fans for, like, X-Files and Lord of the Rings definitely can do, and so it's, and Harry Potter probably surpasses that potential. So, um, to, to just, um, I don't want to say power. It's sort of like power to the people. Yeah. It's sort of like that, kind of. Power to the Harry Potter people. Um, and so that we can, um, get more opportunities. And especially as the movies are winding down and things are going to be in the next couple of years, things are going to be entering a dor- more of a dormant stage in terms of production and writing until J.K. Rowling comes out with her Scottish, is it the Scottish book?
1: Well, it's, it's her encyclopedia. Her encyclopedia. It's colloquially, colloquially called the Scottish book. The
7: colloquially called the Scottish
1: book. Based on the Hamlet, um, not Hamlet, Macbeth.
7: Macbeth. Yeah. I'm a theater person, so I'm, I'm into that. Yeah. Um, Love giving other names to things, or as
1: she calls it, the Scottish
7: book. The Scottish book. Um, and so, um, so that's a really good time to uh, for the fans to take over and to say, take over. Well, to take over. Take over Comic
1: Con would be quite a feat. No,
7: yeah. we actually thing. we ended up doing that last year in the panel mm-hmm. in the panel where um, the there was a
1: mishap. There was a
7: mishap, uh, and so uh, there wasn't anybody there, and and, and there was. The entire little room was packed, and there was two hundred people outside. And so the Harry Potter fans basically got up and said, "We're running this panel now. The inmates have taken over the asylum." That's kind of what
1: Harry Potter fans do. That whenever there's a wait for something, they say, "Okay, well, you know, the studios and the publishers won't give it to us. We're going to do it ourselves." And
7: that was that. Da- that was also one of the big things that I saw. That was like, "Hey, you know what? Because we just didn't sit down and take it."
1: So let's talk about Comic Con in general for a minute. Yes. About one hundred twenty-five thousand fans are here, and it is the real. It is a really. Curious situation to be in as a Harry Potter fan where you were in the extreme minority because we're talking mm. about deep sci fi, deep comic book stuff, deep, you know, um, Battlestar Galactica, the, the, the really intense sci fi stuff, which Harry Potter is more of lighter fare. Yeah. So, where does Harry Potter fall in the spectrum of content here? At and
7: Con? that's, that is an extremely good question, and that's something we're also sort of dealing with because Comic Con is Comic Con, and Harry Potter doesn't really meet the Comic Con requirement of Comic Con. But as as anyone who sees any of the banners flying around here for Comic Con, right under it in huge letters, is arts and popular culture, and um, Harry Potter is rather popular um, and cultural, and so an <laughs> and, and, and so there's so and so there's definitely um, precedence there for having groups. I mean, we have Star Wars Day here. Star Wars originally wasn't comics; it, it is now, but people don't look at Star Wars and say. Hey, that's a comics franchise. Yeah. per se. they say that's the movies. Right. Um, that's what the big panel is. Lucas but, 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 Arts booth here is all about the movies. Um, it's hard to find the comics here, although they are here. Um, and um, so, it's Comic Con is a mixture of things. I think we had eighty percent programming content was comic related. Mm-hmm. I think twenty percent was then obviously other related. Hall H is a little different. That's our big hall when we have all the movie stars and stuff come out. Um, the big press room, um, and so we we do a lot more of the Hollywood stuff too um, in the big days on in the big hall, um, but um, we do a lot of comic stuff, and so we we we've been trying to we're always trying to branch out a little more to touch those touch tones of society, of what's going on. The the, uh, um, Comic Con is a big gestalt basically sort of thing. There's <laughs> yes. you know we have lots of things together that we sort of have to say two days before the whole show starts combined and transformed to become Comic-Con, and so all these different, you know, vehicles and people and sort of become, we become this sort of big body, and then we are also made out of Constitute parts, we, you know, we have little parts that come up and make that, and so it's very interesting to determine, and it takes literally months and months and months, um, literally a month after this con is over. We will start planning the next con. We actually started talking about guests for next con two months ago.
1: It's so, I can't, honestly, I walked into this place and I'm used to Harry Potter conferences, which are downright cozy in comparison. And it's also great because the people that I think we're going to meet at this panel are different than we meet at, say, a podcast or, or a conference where they know the sites, they know everything already. These are kind of like new, they're generally Harry Potter fans, but they don't specifically know the fandom. Maybe, yes. You know, some of them do, of course. But yeah. it's 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 really nice. It's really nice to have that experience. And what they and time.
7: what they do know, what they do know, it's oh look, there's a guy in a robe. Oh, he's funny. <laughs> and so you <laughs> oh, know, but, yeah. it's it's. I mean, if I were to dress up like Princess Leia, that would be disturbing, but don't. it would also make more sense.
1: Please don't. Okay. So so what are we going to talk about today at this panel?
7: Uh, we're just th- this this is a meat this is a meat and potatoes panel. Oh. We're not we're not gonna we're we're not not very much maybe a little smidgen of gravy. No cherry pie. I'm at hungry all. now. Um, and um, and so what? Because for in a way, for Comic Con, this is an introduction for Comic Con mm-hmm. into um, Harry Potter. So we can't really go into it talking about certain controversial issues. Well, oh no. Really? Well, that's why we have a Q and A. Yeah. That's why we have a Q and A. And there are some issues that there are still some relatively fresh. Yes, but we're all the,
1: the, adults who can handle it. Oh, no, no, no know. and we're all
7: adults. And, yeah. and, 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 and the interesting thing is is that when you're first trying to get this together, like when I first contacted you, I'm like, I'll make you mayor of San Diego. <laughs> you're like the special guest host of everything. I'm like, whatever, <laughs> I'm getting
1: on a plane, I'll see you there. Because,
7: because at first, because I didn't know you, mm-hmm. I didn't, I hadn't even contacted you before mm-hmm. for this. I contacted Scribulus, um, but... <laughs> Don't be
1: bitter, I, I'm not. I'm not bitter.
7: <laughs> I love you, Scribulous. Um, and... Um, and so this is this is really a big sort of intro to Comic Con. So that I had to sort of I had to sort of phrase this the purpose of the of the of the uh the panel. panel as to how Comic Con would see it. <laughs> and sort of like, let's talk about, you know, w- what the fandom is about, how we're different from other fandoms, sort of like if Comic Con were sitting in if Comic Con were a person we're sitting in our room,
1: what would we, we want, want to tell them? Okay. Well, Oh, wow. Okay, so as you, as you can hear in the background, that's like, them, Sue and Aaron um, telling us that the room is full, the and room we are still half full. an hour out, no, and there's the a line outside. We have hour to go. And um, I think it's time that we kind of talk about what we're doing for the panel, and I'm going to record this and release it on Podcast. Oh, cool. Podcast. i made and, it on Podcast, Mom. I made it. <laughs> and I'm going to put the panel with it as well, if that's okay. Oh, that's okay cool. With that's
7: you. I get permission for that. And um, and I, I would just like to say, um, because I'm saying this to everybody here, but for everyone who might be listening who um, comes to Comic-Con or might be interested in coming to Comic-Con, you um, can uh, contact me. Um, I'm also on Facebook. You can find me, Eric Boley, on Facebook. Um, And just get in contact with me. I'm sort of putting together a sort of unofficial alliance. I'm still coming up with names. I was coming up with names today, like HP Alliance is taking CCHP, taken, you know. like Comic Con HP. HP
1: Alliance, like that. that's taken. HP Alliance. I know, but that. that's something we need to think about. But doing like CCHP
7: or something Alliance. like that, so that we can, um, so that we can, you know, we, we got ourselves a little group together, so that we can, um, we can build this base yep. upon where we can really show the Comic Con people if you were interested in seeing more at Harry Potter Comic Con, email the people at Comic Con.
1: Well, I think that, that we should do that, and we'll see you all on Facebook on the many groups and the many organizational things that we're going to get going. And thank you, Eric, so much for being on podcast. Thank you, Melissa. And we'll see you later. Well, can I just say, Harry Potter fans rock. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the things that make some on is based on the literate not so. Not against Lord
6: of the Rings, but I think that this must have come from the books. I mean, the movies are fabulous, but they came after the books. And I think that makes us different, and I think we're a very creative fandom. I think we have a great variety, a greater variety, especially with our fan fiction, our fan art, our videos, and, oh, what is that thing? Oh, that's right, it's a rock! Yeah. <laughs> Which is entirely unique. But I really believe that these books um, speak to all ages and all countries, and as you can tell by all the different people here, all walks of life you know, moms, dads, everybody, and the kids, of course.
8: Thank you. I just want to say I love everyone's costumes so fantastic. I'm a huge costume for Harry Potter, and I love everything. And uh, like Sue was saying, what makes Harry Potter fandom so different is the fans themselves. And I think that because the messages from the books really come out in the fandom, the main theme is love. And so, in the fandom, the fans are so accepting and loving of each other, and all you need is a little (laughs) button on your shirt that says Gryffindor, and suddenly people come up to you and want to hug you, you know, and it's
4: fantastic, and
8: I think that's what's great about the fandom, but everybody stand up, everybody stand up, everybody the person next to you, (laughs) because right now we're in the room And when you're here with us, you are not an outcast. You are no longer one of them. You are one of us. And you belong here. Oh, so nice. to you Sorry, I'm late. I was
5: at war.
6: I explained to them about your supernatural problem. I had to say
5: hi to Jensen before I went.
7: The was never even going to come to the town. but we talking about doing it. So it's
9: very, very good. What, what is it that makes Harry
7: Potter fans different from other fans, like from Bubba the Vampire's there?
5: So. I think that the lucky thing for the Harry Potter fandom is that we really became a fandom when the internet was transitioning from being just Usenet and mailing lists to being this real multimedia kind of thing. So we're a multimedia fandom. We have people who write, we have people who do art, we have people who do vids, we have people who do wizard rock,
6: we have people who report,
8: and then you have people who write and make fan videos and do wizard
6: rock. (laughs) And
8: fan films.
5: And does all
4: three.
8: She is the most (laughs) renaissance
5: person I think up here because she really does cover it all. (laughs) And costuming and cons that we put together ourselves rather than relying on large major corporations to do, which is sometimes lovely, but sometimes it's nice to just have a good pickup game of Quidditch in the park. <laughs> <laughs> so between one thing and the other, we really have taken advantage of the growth of the internet to become a real internet-wide family. I don't think that there's any Harry Potter fan out there who hasn't gotten at least some of their Spanish interaction online. And I think that that's fantastic because it gives us all a chance to communicate no matter where in the
8: world we are. Does
6: everybody here have Facebook? MySpace? Yeah. Live journal. Very, very nice. Very nice. Okay. So, um... (laughs) Melissa? I believe Melissa has something to say. I okay, mean they've all spoken so beautifully it's not
1: much off like that except that if you look around you'll notice that we have all the girls. <laughs> all of them. If you go to any con really, I mean traditionally there's a big majority of men at other sci-fi things really fancy things and if you go to any Harry Potter conference and you know, it's all girls. So I was saying if he's got a mission, if we could just get Comic Con and Harry Potter together, we'd have like the nerd equivalent of match dot com. <laughs> It would be great. Um, but uh, no, it is great. The one wonderful thing that's been about this pirate Potter community has has, like Erin said, it's an enormously loving community. It's really I've made some of my best friends. I've had some of my best experiences, and it quite literally has changed my life. And I don't know I'm not the one saying that, so um,
9: I'll leave it with what the rest of them.
1: Okay, next question.
7: Let's start this off with Heidi, since so she's our new member. How does the uniqueness of Harry Potter fandom and fans affect the books and the movies and the interaction with other stars? Well,
5: back in early 2004, Melissa, um. I think it was, we started talking about when well, we heard that there was going to be coming out an IMAX version of P.O.A. Oh mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, when well, we first heard there was going to be an IMAX version of P.O.A., Melissa and I started talking about. How great it would be if we could go see the movie with a hundred other people, a hundred other Harry Potter fans in New York at the IMAX theater in Lincoln Center. We put the tickets on sale, announced it on Leaky. I think we must have sold out the first hundred tickets in under a day and a half. We were sold out of the whole six hundred seats in the entire stadium or the entire movie theater by about ten days before the event, and people were trying to trade tickets back and forth so that they could all go. And it was amazing to see just how many people wanted to not just see the movie, but to see it in a community of fellow Harry Potter fans who all had not even similar experience. because no matter where you go on the internet, you're going to have your niche experience based on where you've gone. But to see it with other Harry Potter fans who understood the books, who knew the books backwards and forwards, who hadn't just perhaps seen the first two movies, and we're going to check this out, but who really intensely loved the experience. And being in the middle of that crowd and watching everybody watch the movie was one of the most unbelievable experiences in my life. So I think that being a part of the community and knowing that you could go anywhere and find a fellow Harry Potter fan and talk to them about your Harry Potter experiences and your Harry Potter interests and here, especially here, what their interests and background and experience are, is,
6: is just fantastic. Soon. Now, the other thing I want to say before that makes our, our family unique and everything is that we have a book, a tangible, physical thing that you can hold. And yet reading is a purely individual, private thing. And yet we can take our own thoughts and we go in your head and you can you can envision these words that Joe has written down, and then you can share them with people. And I think that's an extraordinary experience. I don't think any other family can really have it. We make we make some you know, I mean because they make books and stuff out afterwards, but I just think it's such an extraordinary thing in our family that we can get such a dozen kind of and an enormous year thing out this intimate private thing to be with. it's amazing. And, and also um, to lead into um, Melissa
7: and uh, is that um, with Melissa's book that's coming out mm-hmm. a, a history which is on the floor, We're not to buy, but it's being advertised on the floor come on right now as we speak. There, she has spoken very, very much with a little J.K. Rowling,
1: and so there's been a lot of interaction on that front, has there not, Melissa? Yeah, um, actually, J.K. Rowling and all her associates have been so, so wonderful. My book, The Carrier History, it's about the phenomena. It's the birth and the growth of the phenomenon and including the family, including the online phantom. Basically what's happened because of Harry in the world over the past ten years. And when Jiffy I, I told her about it, she was welcoming open arms. I asked her for an interview, she absolutely granted I it. It spent two days in her house in Edinburgh talking with her about the phenomenon and she was open and welcoming wonderful, no restrictions. You know, you suspect a woman of her of her worldly status. To have some sort of restricted, never, never ask for oversight, none of her people, her editors, her lawyers, her agents, anything. They were wonderful. And um, now I'm very proud to say, I just announced online recently, but I'm proud to re announce here that she's written a forward for it. So. Um, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when you talk about interaction from the from the publishers from the from the creators of a property, I don't think we've had it better than we've had it in the Harry Potter franchise. Which is not to say that hasn't been a growth spurt. There really was. I mean, in the beginning, one of was kind of didn't quite understand that there was this young fan base coming up who were creating websites, who were you know just expressing themselves, and there was a whole thing. And you wants to talk
5: about this um, back in 2000,
1: 2001, of Potter War. Uh, back in nineteen
5: ninety nine, really through maybe early 2001, Warner Brothers and all the other media companies were still trying to understand what people could and couldn't do with the copyrighted and trademark content that they own on the internet. And Scholastic, when they were the sole owners of the property in Bloomsbury, hadn't really done anything because people weren't posting up content from the book. They weren't taking pages or anything like that. But when Warner Brothers owned it and the trademark situation changed a little bit, and they were trying to register all the words, all the names, and all the characters in the book as trademarks. They started to have the opinion for a very, very brief time that they quickly got over. work. That. Their trademark terms should not, and could not, be used by fans on the internet, and it lasted for about a year or so. There was a young woman, Claire in the UK, who fought back and put together a team of um, fellow webmasters, and they set up something called Potter Wars.
1: Claire Field is a 13-year-old who
5: got the cease and letter that kind of
1: pushed things over the top. She went to her father, who went to the press, and all of a sudden the mirror runs up from the story. And, you know, kid. You know, stopped on my words. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, all of a sudden there was, there was a huge reaction. and um, then there was Power War. Heather Walber heard about this and some of her some of her online friends had experienced the same and she and a guy named Alistair Alexander put together a thing called Power War. And they really they they got in the press, they got they got a lot of coverage out of it, they were really proactive. And at the same time, Warner Brothers was realizing what these letters, which they didn't really think they had to reword from what they would send anything else. So it was like this really polysyllabic lawyer letter. You're endangering our property. You know, so a 13-year-old gets this letter and she, she thinks that J.K. Rowling is personally mad at her and, you know, and she's crying. And, and so they, they realize, this, whoa, whoa, we made a mistake. We're sorry. We're, we're, we're rescinding them. So it took a while for all to kind of bleed out of the press, but it, 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 it's gone now. It, only the pornographic stuff does that happen now. <laughs>
5: But well, well, What Warner Brothers did, um, in part because they had a level along for the ride, was they set up something where you could become an official Potter webmaster. And you could sign up and you would get things like the Hogwarts seal and the house crests that you could put on your website or you could put on your AIM messenger thing. And you were allowed to use all of those and you basically signed something that said you were using them with permission and as a trademark lawyer in real life. That's the right way to go about it in this modern media age. You give everybody a license to use it. They don't own it. They can't accrue rights to it. But you are the one who's controlling their usage of it. And
8: theoretically, you
5: can tell them to stop. But given the parameters of the licenses and the information that Warner Brothers put together and gave people the right to use their stuff under, nobody's really fallen, except, except as well as I said, a small minority, nobody's really fallen foul of that. And it's just been fantastic that this was really the Potter fandom in the first place where, where a major media company made this sort of a license and this sort of a setup. And now it's just ordinary. The Twilight fandom, they started. They, got a movie announced, and all these things immediately started promulgating, and that's just the way that a fandom is built, is built these days. You start off with the content, and the networks and the movie companies don't really seem to care anymore if, if, you're, if you're using it responsibly.
9: We kind of realized
1: this has you know
5: we're
6: we're really good for for, for media, we, and and as soon as studios understand that, that, that fans are nothing but good for them, the world opens up for us. Thank you. Oh yes, sure. Yes. I just want to say now, now we have an extraordinary. I think you know we're specifically wondering how the media looks at, at, at a website like us. I mean, we're, we're both go to, to. I think in just every you know. Um, and we're not muted so much. I mean, there's some mainstream, like, oh, look at the cute little witches and wizards, doing with Earth, you know. But I think for the most part now, the fan sites are taken very responsibly or respected and, and given a lot of credibility and, you know, hey, wow, is this really happening? Or, you know, like these rumors about Dan Rafferty doing plays or whatever. It's, it's just really and uh, So they go to the fan sites
7: now. Well, uh, Lady Cauldron is part of the order, correct? Yes. Yeah, yes. Um, you have gotten together with fellow fan websites like right. you know, net and we love Matt Lewis, and
6: so that's Yvonne Lynch, Yvonne Lynch,
7: Yvonne Lynch. Yvonne Lynch. Cliff. so that, that's another sort of a, a, a sign of the organization that really goes together. Okay, well, next question, um, and this is, an awesome, this, is a, this is very, very relevant for Comic-Con this year, because we've been seeing everything on TV, and they always are talking about, um, I've noticed on TV how they, they, they'll talk about, uh, you know, we have the entire cast of Watchmen was here, and there's some people in costumes, we don't really know what they're doing, but they
4: suppose they're cool.
7: And so there's, there's it's a very interesting kind of a perception of fans out there, um, and how people are looked upon. And so, I was wondering, how do you think the media looks upon Harry Potter fans? All right.
8: Well, um, how the media views fans? I mean, I've had nothing but you know positive things. The news will come to you know the Orlando Harry Potter Club during the Harry Potter birthday party or during the big um, book release. Thought I run the Orlando Harry Potter Club for the last seven years, and. You know they they do like to show the you know the most outrageous things on the news. So they'll pick the person that has you know the the you know best costumes or um, so you just you do have to watch out for the media because they do want to pick the craziest thing to put on the news. So sometimes the whole thing can be categorized by you know one person who does an interview. But I think the media thinks that the fans are awesome. You know because uh, we're just very lively and we're colorful and we have yes. a lot to say. <laughs> Um, there's, there's kind
1: of like like Aaron said, a story history of oh look at that weird guy in the press, you know they pick the Stranger's costume they put it on the front page and they, and they give in the in the past I've really given an impression of problem going for, you know look at what they did with their spare time. However, however, <laughs> events like Comic Con specifically and. The proliferation of geek culture in the world, television shows that are so geeky that they have you know, heroes, guys, you know. It's becoming more and more mainstream to celebrate the things you love in extreme ways, and it's becoming, therefore, it's becoming more and more accepted. So anytime somebody labels me with that, like, oh, I saw a picture of a crazy hair product, and this said, okay, here's my picture of a guy in zero degree weather wearing blue paint on his chest at a football game, you know. <laughs> it's, if you're going a rock with you gotta rock with other. you just have to be, you have to be who you are, so as we, we as fellow, as, as fellow obsessives, can, can take that with a little grain of salt and say, well, do will get it eventually,
7: My, my parents made me remove my I and I Watson tattoo, <laughs> apparently it was disturbing,
8: so... <laughs> who, who here has a Harry Potter tattoo? A couple of you? What is it?
6: It's with it. Oh Whoa. definitely a symbol. Very cool. <laughs> um, I work in the media and I work really, really hard um Leaky to help make our, our news I think reliable and, and presentable. And so when media comes and looks at websites like Leaky and like nonfiction fictionality or fictionality and and mm, uh, muggle men. I don't say their name. That <laughs> other place. <laughs> 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 I true, <I>, Bobby. I really like that. The media now views us as oddities uh, as so much as we were in the past. I mean, there's been a great coverage of the Quidditch. You know, it's, 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 it's you know, it's play collegiately and I think it's yeah. viewed as a very positive thing now. I mean it's not just viewed as some sort of oddity or some sort of oh, all the book. And it's really um, a testament to our fans itself that have made it something, you know respectable and, and something to be very proud of. And I think that's a credit to each fan here. You yeah. know, I mean yeah. so that's really good. in the way that we present ourselves, I think we present ourselves in a really positive manner because we, we care about what we do we're literate I think yeah. What, ladies,
7: do you believe is the future of Harry Potter fandom? Like I call Talani, our
6: inner eye. Um, our fandom's not done. I don't know about you, but I'm still waiting for Half letter for instance. Oh, there's one. Oh, two. Two more. There's Florida. Florida. What is that? Oh, and like the theme park. <laughs> <laughs> so, they're, like they're, this, they're making this giant exhibition. I don't know if you've heard of it. All the props and all the steps that we've seen in the movies are going out on tour around the world. I mean, so I don't think Joe has any plans in any way, or order for to stop producing stuff for Harry Potter, even though the series is ended. You know, I just don't think that.
8: And you know, we don't have to wait for the corporate companies to deliver our fandom to us. All right, so. The fandom comes from us. So as long as we continue to create and listen to Wizard Rock, and write fan fiction, and create fan art, and develop symposiums, and attend those symposiums, in huge numbers, and, you know, stay online, and keep the sites going, you know, the fandom's going to be around for a long time. And it's because of us. Which you know? is
7: why we're here today.
8: Sorry. But if you guys move to Orlando, Florida, yeah. where I live, then we can literally say to each other after work, Hey, let's go to the three broomsticks and get a butterbeer. We <laughs> have of beer. <laughs> Will like, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, not
1: enough? Well, we'll do. <laughs> this- okay. <laughs> I would say, because they're right. It's, it's down to us. It's up to us now. Um, it doesn't so mean that we don't stop celebrating. What is exactly in the canon? I mean. It's, it's, it's all about what will we, what we get us all in love, but we also can celebrate it every way we want, and robert has been very uh, clear that we're, that we're cool to do that. So, um, yeah, it's just just very shocking
8: awesome awesome. <laughs> right 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 to me, i to do to another huge part of the fandom is the shirt that I'm wearing is that Harry Potter lights? And this is the first one is, what makes this fandom different? Well, there are many fandoms that do charity work. So the 501st and the Wolfpack, and they all do, you know, they'll do charity work and earn money for different charities, which is fantastic. But we're the only fandom that actually has a group. That um, you know chooses different political you know, political things to talk about, and not just talk about, but get seriously involved. So Andrew Slack is the you know creator of the HP Alliance, and he has not just raised money, but raised awareness of you know uh, the genocide in Darfur, and you know the media conglomeration of this country, and you know uh, the Olympics and what's going on there. So as a fandom, we can be the true VA become the real Dumbledore's army and wake up this world to the real problems, you know, just like in the books of Harry Potter. So everyone here can join the Harry Potter Alliance, set up your own chapters have your own house parties, and become the real DA. So that's another huge part of the growing of this fandom. So we can take the lessons from Harry Potter and bring it to the real world.
1: Can everybody
5: say hi to Podcast? Now those are two things that are responsible to follow up. But I just wanted to add on a little bit about the whole future of fandom thing because Sue had mentioned it um, a little bit. One thing that's for sure is that everybody who's been a Harry Potter fan, who's become a Harry Potter fan in the past, still has their love of the books and occasionally their love of the movies to continue on in the future. And while we may not be getting new content, every experience that we have in our lives gives us a new way to look back on what we've read and what we've learned from the books. And that's one of the reasons that people are continuing to write essays and are continuing to write fanfic, including all sorts of different topics. You don't really have so much anymore, obviously, it's theorizing about where the story is going, but you're looking back and you're going over where the missing scenes are and where the issues that you don't feel had enough time to be fleshed out in a book, like exactly what Neville was doing over the course of book seven, for example. And those are the kinds of things where we've really been allowed, we've been a, we've been a fantastic opportunity to allow our imaginations to take flight and by writing fanfic and essays, and by going to conferences where you can discuss these kinds of things with other people in small groups, in large rooms, in plenary sessions, with academicians, all sorts of different ways. It's just a really terrific way, I think, to let your love of the books and the stories just continue
8: growing and developing and changing, which is great.
10: Well said, Heidi,
5: well said. You. I think, at this point, um, we would like to open up the
7: floor to questions. There's a mic right there in the middle, so if we can, in orderly fashion, walk
5: up to the mic. No <laughs> load, the anything, please. Yeah. First
9: anything, right.
6: please? We have our first questioner. Yes, sir. Uh, Melissa, you said you were uh, interviewing Joe recently? And not to go into any of the controversy. Not to get everywhere of like the
1: controversy
6: that's involved. But did she mention any work on the Scottish book? Yes. Um, she, <laughs> but
1: she
9: is
1: she's writing again right now, but it's, it's not Harry Potter, it's right. something else. And she says it she say, yeah, yeah, I'm writing again. Like with this smile, you know, this huge smile on her face. So I'm, I'm I'm kind of more excited for that, even though the Scottish book oh god, I can't wait. And I, I you're calling it the Scottish book, because that means you listen to the Pottercast. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. The, the Scottish book, for those who don't know, is her, her upcoming encyclopedia about the Potterverse. And yeah, she is just full. If you ask her a question about anything, and I'm talking about what leather, what's the weather outside, within 30 seconds, she's talking about the kind of about the Potter. And it, it's amazing. So she has so much more to tell. So yeah, there will be a lot in there. Thank you.
10: Uh, my question is your response to the, the YouTube videos of Twilight fans versus Harry Potter fans.
8: <laughs> <laughs> like fans? Like, like, like
10: versus? Like how oh, the Twilight fans are downing the Harry Potter books on the YouTube video. Yeah, I saw that. And I mean, just wanted to hear if everybody response. I think
6: it's an unnecessary question. Competition because there's so much carryover from our natural, you know, there's a natural carryover from our family to theirs. I think that, that they're creating an the unnecessary fight. There's no fight there, man. I mean, it's just ridiculous. We, we love, those books. all of us we read those books. I <laughs> have no love them, um, you know? <laughs> I mean, and Brahm, my fellow Molokop brother, is Edward, you know?
9: And and it's Cedric Phillips. He's
5: Was bitten. and so now, <laughs> I admit, I had a great Twilight. My resolution is to finish the new temporary book before I start Twilight, so I have to good excuse. But, but seriously, back in 2000-2001, there was a lot of discussion on fan... Not fan sites themselves, but media sites that covered banished things. About the battle between Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. There was no there there, and there's no there here either. It's just, like Sue said, a ridiculous concept. But for those of us who've been in the Potter fandom a long time, been there, done that, definitely have the T-shirt, and they I'll say Gabor Rohan on it, and usual blue gap Hi, I'm Kathleen, and I'm from Australia. Um,
9: We don't say that. On Australian day, we go around saying that ironically. that apart from that, yeah. not unless you're <laughs> in the country. Pointy. Yeah. <laughs> um I just like to say I love all your websites. It's so awesome to be so far away, so disconnected, but then be able to get the information and stuff like that. So it's really great to be here and to meet you guys. Um, my question was uh, to do with um, your leaky mug fast tonight. I, I want would That's right. Yeah. I wanted you guys to um, announce it, say where it is, because um, I'm not sure if I can get there, but... I don't I, okay. well, had access to the internet for months. Sorry. Well, as uh, some,
1: some of you know, we have podcasts, you and I are on podcasts, do a, a joint podcast sometimes with MoloCast, which what? is um, called Clean the Leaky Month. Up. Yeah. And Andrew and uh, Matthew MoloCast live in the area that's coming up, and we're going to do at 7 p.m. at the borders in Mission Valley, which is like 10 minutes from here. Um, I'll be the first one we've had in about a year, so please come down, it'll be fun.
9: So, yeah. I'm sorry for holding the microphone, but I actually do also have a question. Um, do you think the seventh film being split into two movies, and you may have already addressed this, I haven't read it, is going to be beneficial, or is it going to be like a bad thing? At first, I was like, two
8: movies? No. But book seven is packed. It's packed with so many, you know, mini adventures. And so I think that by splitting into two films, we're going to be able to see it all, you know, and they're not going to skip things. They're going to give everything in seven, hopefully, you know, what it's due. So I'm, I'm glad that it's a two piece
5: now. Hi, guys. is have a quick question.
7: Not a question. I just check. Is my clip um, still out there somewhere? <laughs> yeah.
6: Very nice. Okay, we're passing that around so everyone can put their information down. Next, Next question. Um, oh, yes. actually, As regards the two movie situation, I agree with everyone
5: across the board, and I have to say, I wanted two movies for everyone. Yeah! Hi, <laughs> right. I've
4: got a question for Melissa. My name is Kristen Thompson.
6: I wrote a book called The Photo Franchise, which is sort of parallel to your book. It sounds like the history of the, the Lord of the Rings film. Mm-hmm. And I had access to a filmmaker. I'm curious about how fans do get access. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's terrific that you got it. And uh, do you, did you have to sign a, a, a confidentiality agreement? And are you required to show the manuscript? On?
1: No, I had to sign no confidentiality agreement. Nobody even asked to see the manuscript. They had full trust, which was. I mean, I kind of expected that moment to come for them to say, well, we'd like to see your manuscript. For me to be like, "Ah," you know, and have that that author text. But no, they were so unbelievably trusting. As for how you get access, um, this this is actually addressed in the book, because in the early days, we really had none. It was really hard to kind of break the wall, because not only did we have none, we have none, fans in general didn't have any. And so I was writing letters and emails, because I came from, I was just out of college, where we did a lot of coverage of entertainment media, and I thought, well, we're, we're just like any other reporting service, they must see this. And so I kept writing emails, and finally got somebody on the phone, the passed me and passed me and passed me. Okay. And all of a sudden, we had a person there, who then sent us to the junkets, who then sent us to the sets, and we gave us the first site to report from all of that, you know, because, because of that. And it, it builds up, it really builds up from there, and the only thing that maintains it is a continuing uh, commitment to remain respectful to the series and to the brand, and not not, which doesn't mean you're not critical. There's, I mean, we we talked some some smack on movies on the podcast. I mean, when we're upset with things, for sure. But it does mean that you don't do things that are outrageous, like like sell resell their movies on bird King. You know what I'm saying? You know, if if you have real respect for the thing for the for the you prove that over time. It does it does happen. They're really
8: good. So. I feel I was threatening to send me a confidentiality, the but they just never did. So, I right. Anyway, that's great.
9: Yeah, congratulations on the book. Thank cover. you. Thank, Thank you very much. You. You. Um, my question again was about the rise of the internet
8: coinciding with the rise of Harry Potter. And specifically, I felt that that franchise, and JK was really the first author with a fan base that not just connected to other fans, but also to her directly. Almost called like it was that the fans almost felt ownership to the point where they were sometimes questioning her choices that people like George Lucas and obviously you no know, polky didn't have to deal with. My question was, how do you think or do you think that influenced how she wrote, the kind of like openness of having the fan involvement? And do you think that sometimes the fans almost took too much
10: ownership?
9: were that, that a good, a good thing?
5: I think that people always understood that the core is really from her, and if we would have possibly theoretically done certain things differently in our dreams, or if we had had nine thousand pages for her to write in the last book. Instead, yes, of course we would have gotten to see what Neville was doing all those months alone at works. but we didn't get that. You know, I think most people understand that even if you theoretically wish for something else. But I think one of the nifty things is I remember when we first got the email that the J.K. Rowling thing that had just been a list of her publishing companies was turning into a real website and she was going to post on it? Oh my god, that was like a brain-melting moment that we were going to be getting information from her and at that point, we didn't know that we were also going to be getting Wizard of the Month cards with all the extra information on there. And her drawings and some of her stuff, you know, yeah. from the creation of the books. And speaking from the fanfic side of the thing, even those little tiny, you know, three or four sentences gives so much risk for people to write about and imagine it that it's just it's unbelievable. And we couldn't have had this ten years ago, so we are so damn lucky that we got it. And one more
6: thing, the other part of your question about hot Joe, thanks. read Melissa's book. <laughs> 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 I heard it
9: you show.
8: Show. <laughs> 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 Hi. I'm from um, Pittsburgh, Florida, which is kind of small. And we don't really get that much
9: people. Yeah, we have yeah, really people. Than-
8: I, know. I know, but that's eight
9: hours. I do um, The, back there. the
5: good thing is, <laughs>
9: Did
5: you guys ever
1: think about making um,
9: podcasts, for example, on the road and go to small towns? Because
1: you have a big fan base. I was there at Barnes Noble, seventh book. Like six to line <laughs> <laughs> We waited there all night. Oh. Well, we, we do the big towns to make it accessible because people, you know, people from the small towns do tend to come in. Uh, whereas it's, it's kind of harder for people to, I know this is bad, but people here where Mississippi and they're you know. So we do the big ones to make it more accessible, but we'll try and get closer to there in Florida. Florida is a huge state. Though so I feel I don't feel any really pain for Florida. You're getting the park. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well any smell so like cold. You
8: can have my bed.
6: I wanted to say we're a contest too. That's what's another facet of our, our fandom is that we've had this extraordinary rise in in Potter Radio, if you want to call it that way. I think that, that was the you thing know, man was asking about, the rise of the internet and stuff. I don't think that 10 years ago people could have expected that there's 500 or 100 Harry Potter podcasts or shows dedicated just to discussion of these books and and, and movies. And it's extraordinary. These ladies, too, are also involved in their own podcasts and, and just another facet um, spellcasting. podcast is awesome. And what else? You know, and it's just an extraordinary uh, another outlet for our fans. So there's lots of podcasts out there. So go local on iTunes or wherever and find Maybe. check it out. Thanks, guys. Thank
10: you. Thank, you. Thank you. Hi, my question is actually primarily i to you, to, but obviously you have a podcast. You and to as well. Um, do you have a moment where you've taken throughout
0: all of this and kind of look back at? your life what it was before any of this happened, and I I don't know if you covered it in your book, or, you know.
1: know, To
9: an embarrassing and and hurtful extreme, to, to, to a painful
1: extreme what my life was before, right before, directly before, living in my parents' house just graduated from college, feeling useless, fighting with everybody, frustrated. And on to September, I mean not on, but leading up to September 11th and then sealing it on September 11th, um, Harry Potter kind of marched into my life and stood there. And um, so yeah, I think about it a lot. And there's never a day that I don't.
0: I'm not supremely grateful for what it has done. And how's it affected your families when you're involved in mean, a <laughs> you, you have a patient husband and all that kind of stuff,
6: I mean, I
10: understand I that you, you when you're struggling to think you Can, think, think can you know. answer this one? Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Uh, you have to be very tolerant of uh, <laughs> 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, you're on email because it's being announced in London. And so somebody gets up in the middle of the night and, and It was uh, not great, uh, but actually fascinating to find so many people who not only cared about the books and cared about the, the stuff, but they said care about you as a fan or a group. So we met people in Bangor, Mainland, who are you know, graduate students, and Heidi's known from the internet and we've met people in La Jolla, and we've met people in Chicago, and we've met people all over the place, because you gotta be tolerant. So, you know, when she's flying off and I've got all three kids, <laughs> that's uh, something to be
9: called. But! <clears throat> you're welcome. <laughs> Mr. Heintanian.
10: <ladies> <laughs> Uh, I, will say, I will say one other thing. I don't even like it, I guess. But I will say one other thing. The first Orlando convention, uh, all of a sudden I went because I was babysitting, and then all of a sudden they said, we need somebody who sort of knows the books to run the auction. You get to do it. So that's what happened. And then everybody on the, the panel, or some people I met there, said, you've got to bid on things for hype. So there I was, knitting on things, running the auction. It was very interesting. That's that's it. <laughs> Next question, please. Hi, my name is Jeremiah. Um, when J.K. Rowling came out with the news that Dumbledore was gay, going <laughs> uh, uh, back to what Aaron was talking about, there was such a big embracing society. As a gay man, I was always joking about who might have been gay in the Potter world, but that's not a really big <laughs> group of people online who talk about this.
1: Where <laughs> but, are you going? <laughs> <laughs>
10: it's come, it comes up every once in a while, but it's yeah. not really something that's always in the mainstream. It's a very heteronormative type of thing, we live in that world. But, being so embracing as Harry Potter fans, how has that affected the way that you all view the books? Once, when that announcement was made, she actually added a very major character. Sure. Um, back in either two thousand
5: three or two thousand four, someone came onto my website and said, started a petition against intergenerational shifts and gay characters. Okay. So, um, uh, yeah. When, mm-hmm. when Half-Blood Prince came out, we had Thomas and We were pretty happy to be able to put one of those complaints in the dustbin of history where it belonged. And when the announcement came from Jo herself about Dumbledore, it was a sea of amazement oh because People have always assumed that there would be. Oh, sorry,
1: joining
5: the podcast. <laughs> that there would be, of course, people who are gay in the wizarding world because why not? But there were people who have more homophobic perspectives who said no, it was impossible, and <laughs> have, which sounds ridiculous at this point, but people were making that argument back in 2002, and 2003, and 2004. And to be able to say to them, no, you're wrong. This is a reflection of society, and wizards are people just like everybody else, was fantastic because you don't want to have to deal with that kind of a bigoted perspective. And I'm very, very glad that Joe made it very, very clear that we shouldn't have to listen to that kind of complaint.
8: The main message throughout all the books has been about tolerance for everyone, you know. And she uses centaurs and house elves and werewolves as, you know, as her, you know, her message. And then, so after the fact, she's still trying to make the point that tolerance and love is her main message for everyone. And to have the greatest wizard in the world, in the world, be someone who is gay, someone who already, everyone already loves. I think is a, great, is a great message for her to bring. Because <laughs> the great
1: thing about the Dumbledore outing is that it's not like it was a big deal. She said, oh yeah, I'm just going to try and follow him if he's gay. She just made it very clear that it's supposed to be back so nice, happy. Happy. That's what I
5: love about it too. <mumbles> Quick question, We me make sure you I just wanted to say you guys were off. We actually um, had a Girl Scout camp locally that was entirely Harry Potter themed. And cool.
8: <laughs> <laughs> um, I just wondered, being webmasters of Harry Podcast. what's it
5: like to basically be... How, did, how does it make you feel to be the 90th factor of such a giant sample? Let's see what about.
6: I love it. It's the Puff way, baby. All about being together. And I think this practice is an extraordinary thing that we're able to do this. And, you know, just we just happen to be in the right place at the right time. And we just kind of say, are able to say things that people are thinking and feeling themselves. And it's, you know, I mean, I'm nothing special. I'm just, I'm just a geek. Out. I like books. And I like to speak some So more camps and more, you know, blind parties at night midnight parties and bring it on. I just think it's rocks and go. And more fun. Boston
8: in May.
6: Woo! San Francisco there will be a good work comic time next year.
8: We'll have the Ask Trans cards up here. We're going to be having <laughs> rock rock.
5: So, so please, you know,
9: find out more about those. I know where it needs to wrap up, so we're going to have a down. We've missed it. W3.
0: Just myself, disappointed.
9: Now, if you don't mind,
10: I'm going to bed.
0: Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs>